How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard with Selena Zito in studio with me. Marty Griffin continues to make progress, and he'll let us know when he's able to return. But, again, appreciates all your well wishes. Thank you. One of the stories last week, Selena, that I was personally involved in was loss of cell phone service. Oh. And this will lead into a subject I know you want to talk about broadband but it's all to me, it's all kind of in the same world, right? So I was an AT&T customer who did not have the ability to make or receive phone calls. So I got this yesterday, and I'm sure everybody like me did too. We apologize for Thursday's network outage. This came from AT&T, which may have impacted your ability to connect family, friends, and others. As a valued customer, your connection matters. We're committed to doing better. So we're going to get a account credit. We're also taking steps to prevent this from happening in the future. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, for more information, go to att.com slash make it right. So I'm getting... Do you know how much you get? I think it's somewhere around $5. It's $5. Now, they calculated that number based on what the average cost it is per day to have cell service like a pro rated kind of thing right if for instance we used to say when the cable would be out they should right compensate right. us for the time that it's out right but no, i don't know if didn't. that's rarely happened but at&t saying we got you so i guess uh i'm gonna get five dollars credit that's a nice little pat on the back However, think about how much we use our cell service and what we use it for. Well, it was an eye-opening feeling because I was okay here at the station because I still had access to our Wi-Fi. So you could text, you could email, right. you could go on right. the web. You couldn't get calls, but some had the you know, ability to do that over the internet Wi-Fi, make calls. I couldn't for some reason. But when I got in the car, that was it. You're out. Done. And that's not a great feeling. No, it's not. You know, just think about just think about your daily life, right? How many of us rely on our phone just for the map to get somewhere? You couldn't use it. Do you have a map in your car? No, you mean like the old boron maps? Oh, or? oh, I have my road atlas. I have two of them because there are so many times that I am driving across this country and I almost exclusively take back roads, right? You old U.S. routes, think U.S. 30, U.S. Right. 22, et cetera. And there are, I, there is this one stretch in Pennsylvania along old U.S. 22 where I go 17 miles every time I hit it with no self-service. 
And you think, oh, well, you know, you're inconvenient. Oh, well. That's sketchy. There's, there's, there's a number of problems there, and, and it, it sort of illustrates the problem that rural America faces without Internet connection. That means not, unable to do business, so that hurts small businesses. Farms also, I mean, are a very high-tech operations. Without that ability to have good broadband, they can't do their jobs. That's another thing we take for granted is access to Wi-Fi, yep. but there are many areas, as I understand it, who don't get it. 34%. No. That was the last number I oh, heard. Pennsylvania? It, no, no, nationwide. Nationwide. 34%. Well, it's still a high number in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to have to look it up. I haven't looked it up recently to have an accurate number that reflects today. But um, 34% of the United States, the last time I checked, and I've just been doing research for this new story I'm doing, um, do not have consistent access to broadband. That impacts schoolwork. That impacts your ability to to have a small business. That really impacts the farming community. That you know, I don't think people realize how much farms rely on technology um, for a number of things that they do uh, within the maintain maintenance of a farm and and a working farm. Uh, and and also, you're driving along with no cell service. You have your Google Maps on, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Good luck with that." So what are they doing governmentally? Every I've heard our officials say, we're working on it. Yeah. We want to make sure everybody has access. Yeah. This is sort of like, and there's probably not a lot of people all around that remember this, but this was sort of like what LBJ did with the rural electrification. If you, uh, you know, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, or, or not 60s, the 40s and 50s, there still were a lot of people that did not have access to electricity. electricity. And and this it's the same kind of cutoff from, from you know, what the rest of the world country is doing in terms of success professionally and personally. So you're exploring that, and we'll have an upcoming story. Yep. And also coming up next... Veterans who started a company called Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah. Wait till you hear what they're doing. Coming up on the Big K Morning Show, Selena Zito with me. Larry Richard with Selena Zito joining me in studio this morning. Appreciate you coming in, Selena. I appreciate being here. You, like I, have a great affinity and appreciation for the men and women who've served our country and their families who have also sacrificed greatly. And a fascinating story you have about Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee, they make excellent coffee, first of all. I was in their facility, their roasting facility in Manchester, Tennessee. And it's it's just this massive facility with almost exclusively, not 100%, but almost exclusively everyone that works for them is a veteran. And it was started by Matt Best and Evan Hafer. Uh, they both both served in, in the U.S. Army. And um, Evan Hafer admits that he's somewhat coffee obsessed. So it was it was something sort of selfish, right? He wanted to start roasting and trying different ways of having coffee, and he started fiddling around in his garage. And that. You know, a couple of his friends jumped in that also served with him, and the next thing you know, they had a coffee company, and and that they went then from a coffee company to starting having coffee shops, 
And you can find them, I think, in six or seven different states. And there's plans. They're now a publicly traded company. Uh, and so there's plans for them to be in, in several more states, including Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of them. But you can find Black Rifle Coffee uh, um, in, in stores all, all across Pennsylvania. I see them everywhere. They're, they're in a lot of uh, gun shops. Obviously, Black Rifle, you know, they're very pro-Second Amendment. Uh, and so they recently teamed up, and I thought this this was an, an incredible um, um, relationship he, they made with Hunter Seven, which is a nonprofit that provides for veterans early cancer screenings that is not available to them through the VA as of yet because they don't meet the criteria how in terms of um, their age and and their experiences however a lot of them have been exposed to um to the burn pits in particular in right and we're talking about in this case post 9 11 veterans afghanistan iraq where they had burn pits in all their bases and places they went and many of them if not directly ordered to burn yeah were there yeah, and the residual effect of the chemicals in smoke, believe, have caused many issues. Yes, absolutely. the The cancer deaths are now creeping up to the unfortunate number in the suicide uh, deaths, and and so Hunter Seven is a nonprofit. I highly uh, I, I highly suggest people check them out. Uh, they provide for free cancer screenings for any veteran that requests. It. And Black Rifle just teamed up with them and did this big fundraiser, and they raised enough for 10,000 veterans to get cancer screening. So I'm working on that story, and it's a, it's a, very, um, it's a very special, important story. These are people that, that risk their lives for us, and I don't think they're asking for much in terms of those screenings. Curious about the reaction you received from the profiles you did about United States Senator Bob Casey and David McCormick, speaking of veterans, uh, who is a veteran. And you look at his resume, it's pretty impressive. It's incredibly impressive. What, What was the reaction to those two? Because that seat is so critical. I know. For tipping potentially the balance of power in Washington at the Senate that they're dumping so much money into this both sides right yeah absolutely I would I would um, I would argue and probably not be wrong that both parties are are um, spending all their money uh, to to win this seat McCormick is as you said he's a veteran he uh, served in the Gulf War he uh, went to West Point he's a native of Bloomsburg he uh, received his appointment to West Point mostly um, not exclusively he had high grades as well but he was a big wrestler that was that was his you know that was his big achievement in high school and so I went to Bloomsburg and I went to Scranton and and I tried to focus on who's who shaped both of these men's life outside of politics. Now it's a little more difficult with Bob Casey to say who shaped his life outside of politics because his, his dad was governor. Right. But his dad was also a state senator right. and his dad was also I forget, was it Auditor General 
one of those statewide seats. So so politics was always a part of Bob Casey Jr.'s life. However, he has a very sort of clannish, very insular group of friends. And they all grew up on, almost all of them grew up on North Washington Avenue in Scranton. And what was so fascinating about that is pretty much everyone on that street had like five children, six children, seven children. Um, and so, you know, he uh, he talked about hitchhiking. He had to hitchhike home from school every day, like from Scranton Prep, because there was no minivan and mom come and get, get you, right? There was no bus. Um, yeah, how many kids again, you said? He was one of, he was one of eight. Wow. I don't know how parents deal with that. Yeah, and McCormick was really interesting too. His his whole set of friends around him, you know, uh, what's that famous line in "It's a Wonderful Life" at the end, where um, uh, that 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 um, the angel says to George Bailey about friends, "You're never um, a failure if you have friends," and and that's one thing I found with both men that they really had these strong rooted friendships that have lasted from childhood until adulthood. It tells a lot about both men. Read all about it, Selena Zito. And coming up, we're going to have a conversation with the president of the Fraternal Order of Police here in Pittsburgh, Bob Schwartzwalder, get his reaction to the new police procedures that start today. This is the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard with Selena Zito's joined me kind enough to do that. appreciate you being here and wishing Marty well. He's continuing to recoup from pneumonia and other issues with his throat. Hopefully he'll be back soon. In the meantime, top story today is the Pittsburgh police procedures that changed today. And joining us is Bob Schwartzwalder, who's the president of the FOP here in Pittsburgh. Bob, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning to Selena. And uh, I hope Marty is doing well. Yeah, and uh, we'll send him your well wishes. He's received a lot of inquiries and appreciate all those people that have reached out. Meantime, I know... If Marty was here, he'd be all over this story. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, Selena? Oh, so, yeah. So, Bob, as the representative for the police, on the surface, I'm thinking to myself, four 10-hour days, I like that, three days off in a row, and then uh, some of the other maneuvers. Uh, how do you view this? When, when you first went through this, obviously you were privy to this information before. How do you break it down? Well, Larry, two things. <clears throat> we we worked four tens before. We worked them for two years. And they, they work well with larger forces or very, very, very small forces. They in a force of our size, a mid to large size police department, I think we're gonna have some problems with it, especially now with our staffing levels. Secondly, the hours, um, the officers on the PM or the afternoon turn, which started four thirty PM and they work until two thirty AM, they'll have no lives. So their lives are just, it'll be all police work and it'll be completely disrupted and they're very upset and their morale is in the toilet. And I'm just telling you that, that, that that's the feedback that I've received from anybody that's on the PM turn. And what about the no coverage zone times? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people took that away. I mean, just the citizens as the headline, police won't answer calls. Well, the plan is, just so <clears throat> your, your listeners are, are aware, uh, the chief has promulgated a 50,811 priority call uh, focus. 
So he 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 broke down a couple hundred thousand calls to fifty thousand eight hundred and eleven, and he's focused on those calls. Now I've already received feedback today that officers are answering calls they're not supposed to answer, or were part of that package that were supposed to be diverted to the telephone reporting unit. Now it's only day one, so you know you got to give it a, an opportunity for the plan to take effect. But the reality of it is they're already going against the grain on the types of calls they were supposed to be responding to. So until the citizens see the results or the non-response, the feedback will be limited at this time. That'll be really interesting. I think I think I know enough officers in my in my lifetime that the intuition to hear a call and respond to it is it's going to be incredibly difficult to say, oh, it's not on the chart. Can't answer that. Right. Well, that's that, great point. So, so the the issue isn't whether the officer answers the call. Nine one one call center is supposed to screen them. The nine one one supervisor is supposed to screen them. And in the event the call would making out make it out onto the broadcast or onto the computer aided dispatch, which is a silent dispatch in the officer's car, the supervisors in the zones, the patrol supervisors, are supposed to screen those calls as well. As well. So they shouldn't really have to disregard it. And I agree with you. That goes against all of our instincts as officers, that if the radio chirps, we respond. What, so we'll, we'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. What do you think this does? I know you're really down on the amount of um, officers that you have um, currently. I, I was initially thinking, because it, it, this might be a great recruitment, the 410s, to go back to the 410s. But now that you make that point about that that shift that's from 4.30 to 2.30 and the officer's reaction to it, d- is this a deterrent to to recruit um, new officers? Well, I've had five resignations already this year. And they haven't even point, point that out. So if everything was great, uh, he wouldn't have had these resignations already. So we've already had five. And, and the feedback that I'm getting is specifically from younger officers developing their lives. Like myself, I'm an older officer. My my child has grown. You know, I'm off on my own doing great things. But the developing family and these developing families on our job, that, that shift is going to be brutal. And in my opinion, it will rip families apart. Right. At 4.30, at 4.30 think about that, 4.30 yeah. p.m. till 2.30 a.m. Right. So you're not home when your kid gets home from school. You can't go to your children's activities. You can't go to their soccer games or soccer practice. You can't be a soccer coach or a baseball coach. All those things are sort of um, off the table. Right. And where the old PM shift used to be 3 to 11 or 4 to 12. But the problem's going to be if you think you're going home at 2.30 in the morning, you're not. Because things are going to jump off in the in the bar areas or the night entertainment areas. You're going to make an arrest at 1 or 1.30 in the morning. That's going to tie you up to 4.30 or 5 o'clock. And then you have to turn around and try to get a couple hours sleep if you don't have court. If you have to go to court, now you got to roll into court and punch into court about 8 or 8.15 in the morning. And you may not get any sleep at all before you're due back out. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this year. Is there any recourse now to say, you know, what would you mitigate if you can at this point? Do you mean mitigate, Larry, by, by changing the shift or mitigate yeah. by call volume? No, no, I'm saying how how will you approach this uh, with Larry's office? Obviously, you guys have had conversations, but sure. to your point. Well, the, 
No, I'm sorry, Larry. Go well, ahead. to that point, what do they say when you? What does Larry Scarato, the police chief, say, or anybody you've talked to about this? Well, he said that the officers had told him when he traveled to stations that they wanted uh, they wanted the four tens, but there was no specificity of the hours of work because the officers, like I stated before or previously, they had worked it for two years, and then then Chief Stan Greinke found that the staffing wouldn't hold it. In other words, the staffing was too up in the air to, to go back to 410, so he switched back to 5-8s in 2023. I, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting. He, I've, I've been to two meetings that he's had with supervisors, meaning the chief, and he said he will pivot if it doesn't work and, and change. So we shall see. Again, this is only day one you got to at least give it a couple of weeks to see where it goes or maybe a month or two to see where it goes, and hopefully nothing bad happens. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking some time for us this morning, Bob, as always, and uh, we'll all be watching. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me, and have a great day, okay? All right. You too. And we always think of the safety of our men and women in blue who serve too. So hopefully – uh, after it settles in, we'll see where it goes. And to Bob's point, if Larry said, hey, we'll make adjustments if necessary. That's a good thing, we'll right? S- we'll see. Yep. Uh, Bob Schwartzwalder, president of the FOP on the Big K Morning Show. want to thank journalist <laughs> Selena Zito, Washington Examiner, contributor to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and also now add the Wall Street Journal. Oh, yeah. To her repertoire. Yeah, not bad for a North Sider, right? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. And that. And you're a fan of? Oh, I'm a huge fan of Colin. Wait, Colin wait before we do that, well, thanks. But listen, if you're in the Wall Street Journal now, do you get one of those um, characters of your face? You know how they would do that for your profile Well, picture? I was with the New York Post for a long time, so they did that same character. So, yes, I get yes. that. That yeah. black and white, yeah. like yeah. silhouette kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. That was always, man, I marveled at that. that when, when it be next to your byline. Yeah. It's I just of... remember reading commercials for the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yeah, they had that one tagline. What was it? All the. The Wall Street Journal, the only business news you'll ever need when you need it. Right. You know what the worst is, though? Like he says that, that's all official. The yeah. worst is, <laughs> and now granted, you have an Uber or a designated driver, but you're standing at the casino. After you've had a couple at like one forty-five in the morning, and you hear Larry say, "What? What do you say at the casino?" Welcome to Rivers Casino. <laughs> or you just want to get home after you've flown from Tampa on like the last flight, and you're sun baked, and you're out of your mind, and your kids are going crazy because it's eleven o'clock, and you get on that moving sidewalk, and you hear what? This tram stops at gates A, B, C, and D. He's all over the place. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's only one gate. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's always blew my mind. I'm like, well, wait, where's these other gates there? He's and talking. You they're lied. eliminating. They're eliminating the tram. You know, with the new retrofit. Yeah. yeah. They're going to have this whole. They're going to. You see it getting built out there. If you've been to the airport recently. I haven't been on a plane since 2018. Oh my gosh. Maybe purpose? they'll get the maglev finally. I, <laughs> Pete I, Flaherty. You, you know what broke me on airplanes? Well, first of all, when you cover Paul, when you cover anything, yeah. and, you, and, you, and you go from Pittsburgh, you can't get there directly. You have to go like to three other places. And I kept missing the second flight because the first flight was always late. There you are. But the thing that broke me the most was the TSA going up to my hair and said, "Ma'am, we're going to have to tap that down." 
And he, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, we're going to have to check your hair. I'm like, oh, I'm done. This is, that's it. Can't so do it. Everywhere so you I quit. Go, you drive now. I drive. Uh, did I ever tell you I was in Tampa one time coming back from spring training? He goes, they pulled me aside, of course. Of course. They took out my wallet and my bag. They took everything out of my wallet, all of my cards. Why? They put it. Listen, it gets wild. On one of those um, metal tables. It looked like a, a, a Dr. Purper's table, right? Stainless table. Yeah. yeah. They laid it out <laughs> on it. Okay? Joshua Purper. Right? They laid all my credit cards out individually. They took everything out of my carry-on bag and laid it out so it didn't touch. Okay? Like everything. It's all laid out. There must have been, I didn't realize how much I had on my carry-on in my backpack. 200 things out there. Then they just looked at me and go, okay, you're good. <gasps> no. I swear to you. And I had to. You hack somebody off. Right. I, and I had to put everything back in. But <laughs> that I is a very my, hostile situation. It, I was fine. I mean, I and was. what are you going to do? You can't. You can't. TSA, man. They just looked and they go, oh, okay, we've checked. We're good. If they decide you're not getting on the flight. And I had to put everything, every one of my cards back in my wallet one by one. Everything in my, each pencil they had from my backpack. Oh. It wasn't touching on that table. Oh, that is. At Josh Perper table. <laughs> that was a great user reference, yes, right. Coming up, Selena Zito. Thank you. Appreciate you coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. Read all about it all yeah. over the place. Well, you just go to selenazito.com, and that has all of my stuff. Links. Links. That has all to my launching pad. My links in that. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.